Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of K-Fave Comparisons. This is a special bonus episode. Uh, we are going to be bringing you guys two nostalgic shows. Uh, they were just rolling around in my noggin, and I decided to mash them up together. But my name is Daniel John Schaefer, and I am joined, as always, by the KB Cast Lush. Cast, how you doing, bro? Hey, now. Hey, now. Hey, now. What's going on? Oh, yeah, man. I'm pretty pumped. I uh, got to walk down memory lane, like, uh, two different eras uh, with this with this yeah. comparison. I'm pretty pumped about it. Um, what did you think of overall about, like, watching these shows? And Well, I'm an idiot. I just now realized they both start with one night. One night only and one night stand. That's didn't, why I chose didn't even That's Didn't even I put it together. That's why didn't I even put that together. I was just, like, excited about both shows because I remember where I was at. During ECW One Night Stand, I wasn't even a fan of ECW ever. I never watched the ECW ever. I just didn't have it available to me. My older brothers didn't watch it. Um, but uh, whenever this pay-per-view happened, I was really into WWE, and obviously WWE produced it, and we bought it. Me and my cousins, who actually also like wrestling, and yeah. I just I can remember where I was at, and there's so that's only, that's so rare, you know. I, I remember where right. I was at. At the WrestleManias, I was at obviously because I was there, and I was—I remember where I was at in, in a few other events. But it's so—it's rare that, uh, an, especially an event like this, I remember like where I was at, how I experienced it, and I—I re- I remember it fondly. And it's probably the first time I've watched this in about 10 years. Um, the the other show, I can say I've watched that Sean Bulldog match in different Sean DVDs because I'm a Sean fanboy. If you haven't, I'm sure that's a surprise to. People who listen to this, I like Shawn Michaels. So I've watched that match a million times, but I've never watched the whole show. So it was a fun, fun show for me to get to uh, review. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was pretty pumped about it. And, and speaking of, I think we're going to go ahead and start with uh, the one night only, the 1997 show. Uh, and yeah, man, I actually, I really enjoyed the opening package for this show. Um, I thought it was a pretty cool, like, sentimental open for Bulldog. Although it's kind of like weird hearing it, knowing what's going to happen. It's like, I don't know. I feel like it's a little much to like dedicate the match to like your sister that's like beating cancer. Like that's yeah a little heavy, especially knowing like where you're going to go. I mean, I get that heat is heat, but good Lord, that's some, that's some heat right there. That's some, that's some white hot heat. And I don't even know if that's the good kind, but either way, I did enjoy the package at the, the production of 1997, just as you know, that's, that's my time. Like. I love Shawn Michaels too, but you know I feel like you're more of like the babyface Shawn time, and I'm way more of like mm-hmm. the drug fueled 1997 about to implode Shawn Michaels. Like those, oh, that's yeah. easily my favorite. Like him oh, at yeah. that time is my favorite wrestler ever to ever. Oh be yeah. Thing. Like no doubt about it. But but yeah, man, let's jump right into it. Uh, the first match was Uncle Paul himself, uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Versus Dude Love. What did you think about this first match? Um, what did you think about Dude Love yeah. and Triple H? Well, I will say, just to go back a little bit, I had the exact same note about knowing where you're going to go with the Sean uh, Davy Boy finish. It was, yeah. it felt a little weird, but then I, I, you kind of touched all upon it. You know, heat, like maybe they're just really trying to get heat, but it was like, man, that's like real stuff. That's cancer. Yeah. I, I, I just didn't feel right. Did not feel right. And, um, yeah, just anyway, I thought that was funny that we both had that same note. But, yeah, back to the match. The audio levels were not right for the commentary, which is very, you know, 
not that's not a common thing to say about WWE. WWE is always polished ever since, you know, I can remember. And if you go back, they're always spot on. They fixed them like by match two, but they were they were peaking a little bit all, through this whole match with their audio levels. Um, I don't know why I even wrote that down, but I was like, <laughs> hey, that's weird. I don't I don't know. That's my first note, ladies and gentlemen. I was uh, nice. yeah. Well played. Anyway, uh, (laughs) the very, this, oh, another thing was, this is a cool pay-per-view. This is the very end of New Generation and, like, the start of Attitude Era. So, it's, like, very Attitude Era stuff, and you still have the logo that is New Generation logo. Um, there's still, you know, Vince is still, oh, that was the other thing. It was a classic opening with, we welcome all of you live, tough, wherever, you know, and Vince is having a heart attack. He always, we welcome all of you live. You know, Vince is still on commentary, but there's it's almost like it's almost the full turn to add. this show is almost there. We're almost there to like yeah, it's, full it's right on the fine line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you know it's after Fort WrestleMania 14 when I guess you can fully say it's full attitude era. But you know, this is still I consider this is in between. You know, definitely not new generation. Definitely they're very edgy. Vince kept saying notwithstanding, which is a you know a joke people always talk about about Vince, and he said it about ten times in like the first five minutes of this match. He just kept saying notwithstanding, which uh, thought that was funny. You could go back and look at uh, it was not with notwithstanding that Vince said notwithstanding, like that's yeah. how he would use it. He just used it in different ways. It was very yeah. it was like an art. He knew how to yeah. like he could use it in different ways that I don't even know it fit in the right way. Cause I don't really know how to fit that. I don't use that notwithstanding. Um, yeah. anyway, <laughs> notwithstanding that this was a very, very, very old school, slow match. And I'm an old school guy, but this was very slow and very boring. Uh, triple H trying to do the Ray Stevens, Harley race, Ric Flair, HBK flip into the turnbuckle, which Sean had was already doing at that time. That was kind of Sean's thing. And obviously they were friends. So he got the okay to do it. And, yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, Ric Flair and Holly Race both did it at the same time. But, yeah. you know, the, where you get flipped into the turnbuckle, one, it felt weird because it felt like at that point that was Sean's thing. And two, Triple H, like, was so bad at it. And he didn't yeah. – this wasn't the first time or last time he did it. He did it when he was wearing tights all the time like that, yeah. that, that era of Triple H. I wrote that down. It looked terrible. Anyway, it's Sean interferes um, while uh, Dude is outside. I think she gives him, like, a clothesline. Anyway, dude gets in. Triple H wins clean with a pedigree. I guess not clean, clean, but I mean it was, uh, you know, pedigree one, two, three. The match was just kind of slow and boring. I gave it a C minus. It just felt like a a bad way to start off a show, and it kind of was the theme for the night. I thought, okay, that match sucked, but let's keep going. I kind of gave it a little more than it probably should with the C minus. Honestly, it just felt really bland like they were phoning it in it was a phoned in match what so do you what was, think? what was your overall grade c c minus c minus, c minus. wow c minus okay for, so um, hunter hurst helmsley and mr dude love yeah uh yeah two of the great I, two of the greats so yeah so i i think that these two guys have actually had um some really great matches if not even five star matches these guys have had some very memorable moment together. Uh, the worst match that I've literally ever seen either one of them in. It was so bad. I hate. I gave this match a dud. It was so so bad. Like I gave it literally yeah. zero. Like it was. 
I mean, at one point, Triple H is in the Tree of Woe, and Mick was, like, karate chopping his boot. Like, mm. like what? what is happening here? Like, what? Like what? Like this is not. It was. It was just silly, and it was. And it wasn't even comedic. It was just dumb. Yeah. It, it was like he wasn't being funny. It was just like bad. I said. They were phoning it in. It yeah. really felt like yeah. they I were mean, just... the abdominal stretch, like hope holding the rope too, like that old school, like hokey, you know, fairground style, like wrestling. It's just I. I hated it. I hated it. Uh, it, it wasn't good. Uh, I mean, if, if China, like, if China interferes in this match, oh, yeah, this is what I wrote yeah, right in the middle. This is my notes in the middle of this match was, if China causes the end of this match, this will be the worst match I've ever seen from them. And, yeah. of course, China's involved in the finish, zero. Like, I give it a zero, man. But you know what? That is going to bring us over to a match that was definitely not a zero, in my opinion. But let's talk about the Open. What did you think? Let's just go ahead and, and tell me what your thoughts on that ECW Woo! 2005 one night stand just just give me the open yeah the open man it was one of the hottest crowds i've ever seen i think it's this and that stampede uh event that wwe put on i think also 97 yeah this was like a hot crowd man they were they were they were all it felt like everybody in that crowd was was a part of the ecw movement they were like diehard fans i don't obviously there was probably people in there that weren't but it felt like everybody there had some history with ECW. Uh, Joey Styles comes out to a huge pop. They love him. He calls out his partner for the night, Mick Foley. Um, and if you think about it, it was really cool for Vince McMahon to even do this. You know, it, in some ways, it shows heart. I know it has to do with money, and I know he was just trying to capitalize on the, the success of the DVD and the documentary uh, ECW, um, The Rise and Fall, which is one of my favorite documentaries, not even wrestling documentaries, one of my favorite. I'm a movie buff and documentary buff, and, and, and that's one of the greatest documentaries ever on a side note. But I know Vince was probably capitalizing on that, and he, but, you know, if you think about it, he was – and DC, ECW's history shows heart from Vince McMahon. Uh, I know he could kind of be cutthroat, but Vince, you know, kind of helped them along. And for him to do this for not just Paul Heyman, but for everyone who worked for ECW, it felt cool. It felt like because they didn't have how they ended. They didn't really have. a. It kind of ended abruptly and nobody knew it was ending. Nobody knew it was the last show. And it just this was I thought I said I kind of reflected. I was like, man, this is this was really cool for Vince McMahon to allow them to do. And man, was the crowd hot. The opening was, you know, it wasn't WWE. This was felt WCW or excuse me, it felt ECW. It felt that they did the ECW package. It was very ECW. It wasn't anything like WWE ECW that we got later, which I was used to. So whenever I rewatched this, it was refreshing to see wow, they really just let it be ECW, so that was really nice. What did you think about the the opening to ECW One Night Stand? Yeah, man, the crowd is super hype, and Joey Styles uh, just came out to like a humongous pop, and seeing the genuine emotion from Joey's face is honestly like, I mean, when the crowd was chanting Joey, and you could see his like lip trembling, like, oh. that was just, that was that was like a real moment, like, and he was just, it sold me from that spot. I was sold on the show from just from Joey Styles being there, man. And it was, I mean, the crowd was just, this might have been the most hype show. Like, 
ever. I think that I've ever seen. Like, and I remember where I was when I watched it, dude. We were like, Steve, we had one of those cable boxes that had like, had been like jerry rigged or whatever. And nice. like, we could get the pay per views for free. So it was me and my buddy like hanging out in his dad's garage on this small little TV watching this show. And like, yeah, man, it all felt really organic. And you're absolutely right. It felt like, you know, it felt like ECW was supposed to feel. It didn't feel like, I mean, they had the big ECW open and it, there was no WWE or WWF like then now forever package like there was on all of their shows around this time. That was very cool, too. But, man, that's going to take us into this first match. And let me go ahead and, and jump right into it. It was Lance go Storm ahead. versus Lionheart Chris Jericho. Okay, first of all, it was super, super awesome that these guys both, like, went back to their gear. Because at this time, Lance was wrestling in just the, the, the short trunks, like just the, you know, bikini trunks or whatever. Mm -hmm. And obviously, Y2J was Y2J. So they went back to their old gimmicks, their old gear, for this match and dude that's that was awesome to me too like and it was really good like it was like it was just like they ignored everything that wwe was doing storyline wise and went back to where they were each match did this it's like they they didn't have to build a storyline for the show because the guys just took you in a literal time machine back to when they were there. And it spread, like, way over. You know, like, the Balls Mahoney and, and like, Axel Rotten era and this whole, like, you know, th this was, like, 96. Like, this Lance Storm, Chris Jericho stuff, this was early on in ECW. So, like, this was super cool that, like, they just used their own, their own angles and kept it going by, like, changing their gimmick back. And, it, and they wrestled their, their old way. It, it was just – it was great, man. I mean – it was really even keeled back and forth. Yeah, and I actually even enjoy the interference here. Like, most of the time, I'm not really into, you know, outside interference, especially considering, like, with two great workers like Lance Storm and Chris Jericho. But again, you know, having Credible come out, it ties back into their old school storyline that they're, you know, trying to, to pull on and having the Impact players back together. It was super cool. Um, and, dude, like, this, this to me, too, like, putting Lance over really shows that, like, Vince McMahon did not have a huge hand in booking this, if at all, because there's no way that in 2005, uh, you know, Vince McMahon would have put Landstorm over Chris Jericho on a pay-per-view. So I don't know. It was really cool. I enjoyed the match. I gave it three and a half stars. So I'd say like a B plus. Um, what did you think about Landstorm versus the Lionheart Chris Jericho? Yeah, man. So I totally agree. Um, I, I loved I really loved Chris Jericho, Lionheart. That was awesome. Right away, I thought Joey Styles, though, on the commentary sounded great. Yeah. His play-by-play -play was, like, spot on, man. I, yeah. I think I wrote it. I think I didn't even write it here. I think I started thinking about it later. It was like he was kind of showing Vince McMahon, look, dude, you could hire me. I'm, I'm the real deal. And he proved it, man. And you see it throughout this night. I've listened to Joey in in the past, and he wasn't that great tonight. You could tell, dude was trying to prove himself. And I think overall, I didn't. I just said that. I didn't mean Joey wasn't great. I mean Joey is great. I think he's he's very underrated as a play by play. Tonight, I, I what I mean by that is that like tonight he was like up there with the greats. Yeah, like yeah he yeah. was. I, and maybe it was the. It was the one of his best shows ever for sure. Yeah, yeah. It was the atmosphere. I know all that was great, but. He was he was up there, man, on that play by play. He was killing it. Um, 
The mat, the match started with some good mat wrestling. Crowd was hot. Man, a lot of just what you said, I agree with. It had its good fast pace, good timing, but they still sold. You know, they were doing that that awesome. I've gone back and watched ECW, and it was a very good ECW match. It was a very classic ECW match, the non-hardcore ECW classic type of match. They had one. It was a throwback. It was great. Um, you know, you had the interference at the end. Lance gets the win. I gave it a B plus. I I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Um, and we are so we can. Did we just compare that to the? We did compare that to Hunter Hearst Helmsley. So, what do you yeah. think, man? What do you oh, think? Oh, dude, it's. I mean, it's for me, Got I, it I mean, I give. Yeah, I gave Hunter Hearst Helmsley and Dude Love an absolute dud. Yeah, you and gave, I gave it a dud. A B plus. So I mean. For me, we're kicking off hot with one with uh, I one agree. night only, or one I night stand. I mean, one night stand. Yeah, it's gotta go to one night stand. stand. It's, it, it is gonna get. I feel like it's gonna get confusing having these shows like I'm back already, and forth. But, but yeah, man, it. it seemed like a good idea in hindsight. All right, but anyway, yeah, yeah let's jump back over in the 1997 uh, the show, and uh, we had a little package here, seeing like a bunch of British rednecks answering poll questions, and that was. Um, interesting, <laughs> I guess. Interesting is the best word. But yeah, so Sunny comes out looking bomb, looking like, oh, like, oh, dude, God. thicker than a bowl for sure. Uh, <laughs> easily the best look of her life. But that's gonna lead us up to a banger of a match, probably two of the all-time Woo! greats in Leaf Cassidy and Tiger Ali Singh. Man, was this match? I mean, literally. I wrote wow with like six O's. Like, come this, on. This this cannot possibly be good. Uh, early Al Snow looked so it was so funny just to see him like that. It was just oh. it was really awkward to me. Uh, I, and honestly, the match was somehow slower than the first match. Um, oh God, I hated it. It was so bad. This might have been one of the worst matches I've ever seen. Period on a pay per view. And we we're, we've been covering we've covered like 2001's WCW, and I think this is the worst match I have seen on a pay per view. This Man. got negative one and a half stars from me. Okay, so I want to explain too. When I give something a negative star, like I'll always give something a dud, but if I give it a negative star, that means if someone that wasn't a wrestling fan watched this, it would make their opinion of it even worse than it already was. Like if they watch if if a match has a negative star, that means if a casual fan or just a casual person was watching pro wrestling for the first time, this would diminish their vision of pro wrestling, right? And this match was garbage. What did you? I mean, uh, uh, do you have any yeah, thoughts on Lee def- Cassidy versus Tiger Ali Singh? This definitely would diminish a, a lot, man. Uh, Lee, let's say this: Leaf Cassidy. One of the worst gimmicks of like this is worse yeah, than like yeah. Shockmaster. I'd rather be the freaking Shockmaster okay. than Leaf Cassidy. Yeah, okay. let's take two people's names that were pop stars in the '80s, put it together. You don't look anything like a pop star, but you're gonna act like it and be the new Shawn Michaels to Marty Jannetty. Slap you in the butt. Good luck. Get out there, kid. What are you doing? I mean, yeah, it's not it his was fault. Terrible. Like that. Was it a rib? Like I, I don't know, man. Uh, Tiger, terrible. He he came out, did a terrible thing on the mic. Uh, man, Vince. Uh, he there was the, the best part of it was the commentary and, and yeah. stuff after the match with Sonny. Vince at one point said, uh, "He's uh, Tiger's taking a page from his father's steps." 
footsteps, a, t- a page from his father's footsteps, and Jr. called him out on it. You heard uh, before Jr. calls him out, you hear King kind of go, huh, like that. And it was almost like nobody's going to say anything. And JR says, like, really, McMahon or something? And he straight up repeats it to him. And Vince is like, yeah, something like that. And JR corrects him. And I thought that was awesome because JR in his podcast has always said he ain't afraid to tell the old man what's up. And he yeah, he did it right absolutely. there on air. Yeah. He did it on air. Man, uh, Bulldog off the top for the win. Match had no heat. The crowd was literally dead. Like, there wasn't – it was – you could have heard – you could have heard a pin drop. You know, you could yeah. have. What does uh, Shivani say? You could have heard a, a popcorn fart. I don't. I, I don't. You could have heard a baby's toot. I don't know. It was terrible. Um, the to the end though. So very popular right now. Keanu Reeves is very famous for like when a, a fan wants to take a picture with him, a girl fan. He like doesn't put his arm around him. And he like yeah. I don't know I don't know if anybody's seen this or knows. Some people know what I'm talking about. It's like called the Keanu Reeves. It's like a he takes a picture with a, a really hot girl, and he doesn't touch them with his hand. So like people zoom up on his hand, and it's like how what a gentleman Keanu Reeves is because he like does this thing where his, with his hand where he keeps it wide open and he doesn't like hug the girl. Well, Sonny is taking a picture with all of them. They're all like grabbing her, you know, taking or, or kind of posing with her, and she goes to sits with Jr. and Jr. does the classic Keanu Reeves. Where oh he, yeah. He politely holds his hand out for his beautiful wife Jan. Rest in peace. And I thought that was hilarious that he just was such a gentleman. He did the Keanu Reeves. I was like, there it is. That's so I, this the reason that that's one of my notes is because this match was terrible and it got an F. I had to find some light out of it, and it was yeah. Sunny and her. I don't even want. I don't want to go down that road because. Yeah. We're trying to keep it PG her, here, her and I'm like, her um, her assets to the company, her asset that? where that she looked, she was very smart. She looked very uh, professional, and, and just she brought a lot. She brought a lot to the table. I can Dude, say okay. that. Okay, all right. Well, I can Okay, well, let's go ahead. Speaking of bringing a lot to the table, the next match was a three-way match. Uh, and if you guys have been listening to the show, you know that I really enjoy elimination style matches more than like. Uh, you know, anything goes free for all, you know, one pin and it's over. I if, I feel like if you're having a one on one one or a four way or five or six or whatever, I, w- I would much rather it be elimination rather than just like winner take all. Um, but yeah, this and this match like, dude, t- you know, Tajiri versus Little Guido versus Super Crazy. What an awesome blend of three very different styles. But like. Okay, so to me, like, these three guys are the three different aspects of the cruiserweight division, and it showed that there's actually depth there. Like, it's not just flips like super crazy, and it's not just, you know, smaller guys wrestling quicker, but in a technical technical way like Guido or Malenko, and it's also not just the Japanese guy with the high impact, you know, striking and just quickness like Tajiri. It's all three kind of blend, and this was great. I really enjoyed the match. Um, super crazy. The huge moonsault off the balcony was absolutely incredible. That dude had zero fear. You could tell he was just like, just ready to do it. Like it was nothing. And it was pretty impressive. Um, I mean, Guido is the first guy out after the whippersnapper, which is super cool. Uh, and from, you know, super, super crazy going over after that moonsault was, was perfect too. I felt like it kept the finish kind of short and sweet afterwards. And they packed some really cool spots in there without really feeling rushed. 
So I thoroughly enjoyed the match. I gave it three stars. So I gave it a, pretty much like a C plus to a B. Uh, what did you think about this uh, this little three-way dance between Tajiri, Guido, and Super Crazy? Yeah, man. I thought it was cool. I, I, I didn't know that ECW's three-way was different. They had different. Their standard three-way was elimination. It wasn't like uh, the World Wrestling Federation. So I actually like that three-way better. Like you, I agree. Uh, uh, an elimination style is always better than just a... Uh, a one fall and that be it. But sometimes for creative purposes and for, you know, match uh, creativeness pur- purposes, it, it, it works better doing it the opposite. But I just, I always like as a fan, it, yeah. I, I understand why doing it the other way makes sense. And it really, it's an easier way to, to write, but I like elimination. And yeah. I thought these guys pretty much what you were saying, I, I wrote creative three-way match and you pretty much explained what that means. So I'll just leave it at that. I wrote creative three or three-way spots, cr- creative way to do a three-way match and just go and listen to what Daniel just said. That's what I meant by that to cut out a lot of my gaga there. Um, you know, the ECW chants were strong. Um, Tajiri looked very good, very strong. Uh, his punches, his kicks, everything looked like they really did hurt. Um, you know, you, then you go to Tajiri. He eliminates Nunzio or whatever he goes by uh, in the ECW. Uh, Little Guido, Nunzio, whatever you want to call him. Um, you know, then I hated the you effed up chance the crowd went with there, especially in such a great match. Like why the crowd would start because saying that's ECW, you effed like- up. Yeah, I don't. That doesn't bother that's me. That's their thing. That's, yeah. yeah. I, well, and I wrote, and then I wrote next. That's the ECW. That's what the ECW fans started. They yeah. started the stupid chant thing. They yeah. started that. That's theirs. And I hate that. I hate that. This is awesome. Fight forever. Like there's, oh, there's something about that that just irks me on the inside. And like, I don't know what that is about me. I just hate. Like, I don't know how to explain it to everybody. And. I don't, I don't, I'm not saying I'm right, but I hate it. Like, I hate it. Chant, yay, clap when the crowd claps, do chant, but the fight forever and the this is awesome seems like kind of cheesy to me. I don't know, man. It's just like, come on, get out of here with that cheesy stuff. I don't know. I feel like ECW started that in a negative way here with the UF'd up, but they also, you know, ECW chance was kind of a the beginning of this is awesome. Anyway, um, I thought the chance were stupid. I did think it was a great match. It was a great triple threat match. Like what a way to put together a triple threat match. And it kind of, um, proves the point of why not do elimination because they yeah. did it here. And it was way better than a lot of triple threat ma- right. matches. Shawn Michaels, triple H and uh, Chris Wall. I know everybody's surprised that I bring up Shawn Michaels. I know, um, they had a WrestleMania triple threat match that was really good, and it was an elimination. But I, I, I still, I, I think I rather the elimin- elimination style of the triple threat. But my grade for this match, I'm gonna go with a B plus. Yeah. I'm gonna put the plus, plus. on it. Okay, cool. I'm gonna give it a B plus. That's two B B pluses in a row for ECW One Night Stand from 2005, and I think that gives me the nod again, as Jericho would say to ecw and i think you as well yeah man one night stand is just killing it two matches in so far uh obviously but you know let's jump back over uh and the promo for ground zero showing uh like the headbangers winning the tag titles was kind of here and it was i missed these packages in pay-per-views where it's not just like 
dramatic like hype things but you're just showing footage of what has already happened like it makes it feel a little bit more sports like and less drama entertainment not that i don't like the drama entertainment i do i'm not like i'd say for world title matches you know big angles definitely do you know those soap opera like promo packages that the wwe is is famous for but you know when you're doing like you know your underneath titles your tag titles putting them on third on the show here like i feel like it's cool to just kind of show actual in-ring footage and then have the commentators just kind of talk over it i feel like it it makes it. It feels like it, it makes the card move along a little bit faster. And we had the Los Bariquas versus the Headbangers for the WWF Tag Titles. And uh, Cass is gonna hate me for this, but uh, I, I mean, at least I thought so when I wrote these notes. But uh, I thought that this was probably the best match on the show up to this point. Um, there were still like some slow rest holds, but there were a lot more deliberate with their pace. And the crowd was still hot somehow after two duds of a match. They were still really into it. So, you know, what do these marks know? I mean, those those Brits really loved this crappy show, apparently. But, yeah, I mean, Savio Vega is underrated totally. He's a really good worker, especially from this time. That strap match that he had with Steve Austin is probably one of the more underrated gems. Uh, if you get a chance, go look up Steve Austin versus Savio Vega. Uh, I believe it was an In Your House in 95 or 96. Probably 96. Um, but, yeah, check that out. Anyway. Yeah, definitely 96. Yeah, and that's the thing, too. When I say that this is the best match of the night up until this point, it's not even that this match was great. It's just the other matches were so bad that it was significantly better. Uh, although Miguel Perez and his, like, sweater of hair is, like, while it's impressive, it is disgusting. Like, if it weren't so impressive... It would be unbearable, but it's, I mean, it's like the guy's legitimately a gorilla, you know, I mean, he's, he's legitimately covered in hair, so that's a sight worth seeing, um, and yeah, I mean, the match was pretty solid, it, it, it was a little too long, some of the rest holds were a little unnecessary, you could have kind of solid two or three minutes out of it, uh, but the closing sequence was good, and I like the finish, uh, you know, with, with, with the headbangers kind of retaining there, I give it, I give it one and a half stars. Well, the, the really the only way I'm gonna dis I, I disagree with you and I think the Hunter Hearst Helmsley do love match sucked and was terrible but I I give it a little bit more credit than this match but my notes were extremely extremely similar to yours I mean I was very surprised of how much the crowd was into this match yeah the crowd was, was wild. into this match but this match was boring nothing special uh, I've never been a fan of the Headbangers I don't even remember. The other two guys. I remember. I remember. Well, I remember. I remember. I I didn't like the Headbangers. I remember Savio Vega. I just didn't remember the tag team. I also wrote like you did. I put Savio was great and underrated. Um, and that's obvious. That that's very well documented. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason for that is that Austin match and 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 other matches. He had a great run with uh, Goldust. They had a good uh few matches. They had a bunch of matches with each other that were great. Um. You know, right away, the arm drags look terrible in this match to the guy that wasn't Savio with the sweater on his back. Yeah, uh, yeah I didn't like it. I gave it a D. Headbangers win. I gave it a good D. Not not, not an F, but a D. Wasn't wasn't anything great. What All right, we- well, let's, let's hop back over to 2005. Uh, and the next on the list was, uh, it was Psychosis versus uh, Rey Mysterio. And I, by the way, between these matches, they did like really cool like remembrance packages. Mm-hmm. 
And they also did some like former moments packages to kind of show WWE fans the best of ECW, which is pretty cool. And right around this time is when that DVD, uh, The Rise and Fall of ECW, came out. And DVDs were, but by the way, for our young young listener, DVDs were absolutely massive for wrestling oh, fans. Yeah. Like before the network, you would literally have a CD book. I know you probably don't know what that is either, but you would have like just a book full of DVDs, and they had like. You know, I had a lot of them. I had the full WrestleMania box sets. I oh, yeah. had, I had, you know, the the Mr. Perfect ones. I had the Jake the Snake one. Uh, we know, had everything that's on the network that's on yes. Beyond Wrestling. We yeah. have that all. Yeah, beyond, yeah all those Beyond the Rings at them. Once Upon a Time were DVDs. And yeah, I, I watched the hell out of them. I, I thoroughly enjoyed them. Um, but yeah, man, and this, but this match was was really good. The Psychosis versus Rey Mysterio match was. Fantastic, a classic ECW lucha match, uh, and ECW was pretty much the first, um, you know, territory organization, federation, whatever you want to call them, to really introduce lucha libre to the mass American market. Uh, it was a huge staple for ECW um, in the early days too. And uh, one thing I did notice here, it was cool to have Psychosis come out with his old uh, his old mask on. But at this point, he was part part of the Mexicals with Super Crazy, and he wasn't wearing a mask. But he did, like, wear it part of the entrance, you know, because everybody else kind of during that ECW uh, throwback gimmick thing. <clears throat> and, man, I thought, I thought some of the spots were just amazing. The leg drop off the top rope onto a, like, prone Ray on the guardrail was so sick. Uh, the dive by Ray into the crowd was just as awesome. Um, I mean, nothing but bangers on this show thus far, apparently. Like, I mean, this match, th- you know, this this show three match three matches in is just phenomenal. And this match wasn't too long. It wasn't too short. It was very Lucha style. It was built well. And Ray goes over after the West Coast pop. I almost wish that he would have done the, the Super Steiner in the corner, the Super uh, the Super Conrana in the corner, which is what he pretty much used in WCW a lot. But the West Coast Pop was fine. I get that he was kind of on the up-and-coming WWE star at the time, too. But, yeah, man, I really enjoyed this match. I gave it a B-plus. I, I actually I rated it three-and-a-half stars, so like a B-plus to an A-minus. Um, yeah, what did you think about Psychosis versus uh, Rey Mysterio here? Yeah, man, perfect match. Ray did a perfect job. It was, you know, you got to remember exactly what you said. He's on the up and up in his WWE career. He did a great job at at helping that and also helping make this throwback ECW show because it really was, you know, like like NFL, it was a throwback, you know. Yeah, yeah people coming out in their old tights and people, you know, all that. So it was throwback. He did a great job at um, executing both jobs there. Uh, I won't, you know, I, I agree with pretty much everything you said, so I won't repeat it. Um, it was a, there was some fun banter between commentary that I liked. I'll add that to your notes there. Joey Styles really showing Vince. I've already touched upon that, but that's when I really put that note down. So I'm I'm reading. Sorry that that was one of the things I wrote, but we've already touched on that. Um, it no, was great. Good, yeah. It, it was uh it was great. The fans did boo a sleeper hold. Which was uh, whack. I don't know, man. Come on. Yeah, uh, but I mean, again, they I, but I get their crap. gimmick. They have their own gimmick. It was like yeah. they they have a gimmick, and and I get that. So I, I just didn't like that part of it. I liked everything else about them, man. I liked the, I liked well uh, some of the chants. I said oh, I didn't like, but you know, I, I like how passionate they are. 
that was just one thing that didn't didn't go well with me. And then yeah, you touched upon it, man. The the they call it the psycho guillotine. Yeah. The uh, leg drop to Ray off the barricade or on onto the barricade or whatever was cool. Then you know Ray does a high risk a high risk maneuver off the top to psychosis past the barricade to the outside. Ray wins with the West Coast pop. Like you said, yeah, I'm right there with you, man. B plus. I agree. I'm 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 So I mean clearly then I feel like one you know, we're three matches in, we're almost halfway through the card, and one night only or one night stand, I'm sorry. God, I did it again. One night stand ECW show is running through the WWF show. They are running through the WWF show. But that is going to take us right back to memory lane. Right back to the end, like like the the bridge between the new generation and uh, the Attitude Era. Uh, there was a really nice backstage interview segment with Bulldog, and it kind of made me sad, you know, just to see him because he was so intimate, and I really miss Bulldog. I, he was a great wrestler. Uh, it is an absolute travesty that he's not in the Hall of Fame yet. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, the next match was Flash Funk versus the Patriot. Uh, yeah, it's always weird hearing Angle's music played for the Patriot, too. I don't know if you guys knew that, but that was legit. That wasn't like something that they changed for the network. The Patriot actually had Angle's music before Kurt Angle. So, uh, that's kind of weird to know that he used some recycled music, but obviously everyone knows it as the Kurt Angle theme. So when you go back and watch it, it definitely feels really strange. Um, I was kind of pumped for this, like. I was I was kind of pumped for the match because I remember the Patriot being pretty good, and I remember playing uh, that the the war, it was either Warzone or WWF Raw um, on like regular PlayStation uh, and like the original Xbox. Um, man, I played the hell out of that game though, and I remember being the Patriot like most of the time. Like, or I think that when wow. you started out with your creative wrestler, it was like the, the the Patriot was like the original mold, and then you could change him from there. Uh, but yeah, I enjoyed, I enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed the Patriot angle at the time. And now I immediately was let down just watching the match again because it was pretty much garbage. Uh, just more of the slow pace, lots of rest holds. I mean, I even wrote down like, so far I hate this show. Uh, I mean, I, I did love Vince McMahon scolding JR for using a pronoun. He literally said oh, he pronouns, pal. He, he said pronouns, pal. I wrote that too. In the middle of this match, and I popped so hard, like I, did, I literally I, giggled, like giggled like a schoolgirl, man. It was so funny. I paused uh, it. I paused it and had to rewind. I wrote the same thing. I was like, he said it. He did it. He said it. I, and then, like almost immediately after, uh, Flash Funk delivers a spinning spinning wheel kick, and Vince calls it a whirly dervish, and uh, that like that popped me super hard too. I was like, man, this guy. Is like it's just one of a kind, Vince McMahon. I miss it's these days when Vince was exposed and you were just hearing him be a silly ass man. Like, oh god, it was super funny for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I wrote that down too. I felt like the highlight of the show thus far is just listening to this commentary booth. Um, but you know what? This match did start to pick up a little bit towards the end, and I did feel like the finish was pretty solid. Uh, you know, the Patriot goes over after the full Nelson slam. Uh, and got the biggest boo of the night. 
which was kind of cool, like even though he was tentatively playing the baby face. So I ended up giving it one star just for the finish and the fact that the crowd just hated the Patriot and that the commentary was funny. So I gave it one star, so a D minus, barely passing. Uh, what did you think of, of Flash Funk versus the Patriot? Well, it's funny today. At the last two shows, we've kind of disagreed. I think they've kind of gone to... Uh, I've thought one show was better. You thought another show was better. Yeah. Our notes have not been the same on the last two shows, but our notes are are eerily the same. I, I I write it on paper. I could even if this was on camera, I could show people. I I wrote almost the same thing you wrote. This card sucks so far. That's my first dude. You note. should take some pictures of your notes and put it on our Instagram. I will. I feel like I people will. would enjoy that. Yeah. I, you know what I want to do? I will do that. I will show. I have like a pile of. I have yeah. so many notes. It will show people the work that both of us do. At the notes yeah, I, I have here, I will show you guys all. Then I have a stack of notes. It could be a book. It's like as much as a. Lord of the Rings book. But funny thing is, is I wrote this card sucks so far, which is very similar to what you said you wrote when this match started, that this show is terrible. So that's that's pretty funny that we were both kind of on the same page here. Which sometimes we aren't. Mo- yeah. I, most of the time we are. But the past the past two shows, we actually haven't. So we're back on track now. Um, it was funny that they were booing the Patriot, who was supposed to be the, the baby face, but it made, you know, they're in the UK. They were booing him hard. Like they yeah. were, like you said, he got one of the biggest, you know, boos of the night. Um, and then my biggest thing, man, we got, I wrote, we got a real pronouns pal from Vince McMahon. Dude, a you real, can't beat it. I mean, I've never it's, heard it's it. Podcast from the man. Gold no. point, man. I mean, it's podcast gold at this point, man. It's podcast gold at this point. Like it, it's man. pronouns. Oh, It's so good. It's so good. But speaking of podcast gold, let's jump back over to the other show because it's been slaying it all night, baby. And they don't slow down at all here. Uh, The SmackDown guys kind of enter the arena and the crowd just slayed them. I mean, like things that I won't repeat here. But if you get a chance to go, if you get to watch anything on the network this week leading up to Extreme Rules and all this AEW stuff that we got coming up, if you get a chance to hop on the network at all this week, Please go check out 2005 One Night Stand and just watch this moment when the SmackDown guys come into the arena and the crowd just, I mean, you're going to have to beep this, but the You Suck chants were absolutely amazing. They were, I mean, the You Suck D chants were just, they were hilarious. Um, JBL is a fantastic heel, by the way. Like, he was legit a heel and did not care about it. he wasn't a, he wasn't a, a guy playing a heel as a sports entertainer he was a professional wrestling heel he lived his gimmick he was that guy and he was killing it uh i mean it led right into another promo package that highlights uh you know some of the ecw's old shows uh and then it went right back to the SmackDown guys again. And Angle cut a pretty weak promo. At one point, you know, obviously they're, they're doing the, the, the You Suck D chants. And he says, because your mother taught me how? Which is like the worst comeback ever. Like, yeah. how? Like, but, okay, so. So, so you do? Does that mean, like, you don't suck one, but you'll just put it in your mouth a little bit? I mean, I don't, I don't get that. I mean, I, I don't yeah. know. But it was really awkward. I felt awkward for him. Um, the crowd definitely won the exchange, but then when JBL got on the mic, man, he killed it. And like, he cut a long ass promo and I loved all of it. Like it was a great heel promo. I, I, I was not, I was not tired of it. 
And like he could have kept going, honestly. And then RVD hits the ring and cut another pretty much shoot promo and made the whole thing even better. Like this whole segment, the reason why we're spending so much time on this is because like this whole mat, this whole show was pretty much matches. Like there wasn't, again, no storyline leading into it. Each match was like a time machine look at different eras in ECW. So they were using their old angles and making it a, a show. But this part was just shoot. Like it, it was just amazing to see Rob Van Dam be shoot and be emotional and be like not that one dimensioner stoner surfer guy that they made him in WWE. He was very much, and he talked about that obviously in the promo, but he was great here. I mean, he was world championship material here. This was the prime of RVD to me, even though he was hurt. Like, I mean, it was, it was great. I I really enjoyed it. Rhino hit the ring uh, and the lights go out, man. Dude, and then it's Sabu. And then there's a match between Rhino and Sabu. And that's, you know what? I'm going to let you go ahead and touch on your thoughts about that whole segment and and just take us all the way through that Rhino and Sabu match. Yeah, so I thought everything was everything was great. And man, JBL is like, I want to punch him in the face, man. It's like, I am I know what's going on. I still want to punch him in the face. It's like, yeah. I feel like he, he kind of is a bad guy. Yeah. Real, Real life, dude. I want to punch yeah. him. Anyway, it was great. Everything was great. Like you said, RVD, great promo, great, great promo. Um, yeah, then the classic hard store, hardcore stuff happens, and all of a sudden we have a match. I, I kind of got confused. I didn't know what was going on, what's happening, and then there's – here we go. Match, Rhino versus Sabu all of a sudden. Uh, Sabu uh, chair shots were classic. We have a lot of, I mean, a lot of chair spots going on right now. Um, it just got, it got a little crazy. It got a little crazy. Sabu did the leg drop through the table for the win, I believe, is was the finish. But it just kind of seemed nothing special right now. But the crowd was so hot from the promos. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of just hardcoreness going on. This wasn't the most, this wasn't a... Uh, the most scientific wrestling you've ever seen. I'm, I, I kind of went with a C minus with, I, I didn't know where to start grading, where to, to end on this one. I don't know. What, what did you think about everything that happened? It didn't feel, I mean, it just felt like, uh, felt like a lot of just hardcoreness. What, what, what is your thoughts on the, on the Rhino? Yeah. Set? I mean like, okay. Okay. Again, Dana so was, like, yeah, so this was, this was, and I know that I kind of ripped apart the, you know, on our last show, the Fighter Fest match with Moxley and Janela, because I felt like there wasn't enough storyline leading into it. Again, I said, like, if you would have had three or four matches leading up to this and it ended here, I would probably have enjoyed it more because it would have meant more to me. Um, so, but again, because this show is nostalgic based and every single match was kind of a throwback to that angle, I was back in their angle. And Rhino and Sabu had some knockdown drag out matches. So to me, this all made sense. So I enjoyed it. I mean, it, it was, and it was chaos from the start. It was chair shots. It was dives. It was tables. It was pile drivers. Um, you know, Sabu goes over. I think, after it, I think it's pronounced, I think it's pronounced power driver. Power driver. Yeah, but, um. But yeah, Sabu goes over after the Arabian facebuster through a table, and Cass is, I wrote this. I said Cass is gonna hate it, and I loved it. I thought yeah, it was amazing. Uh, well, I, I, gave, I gave it a B plus because I because this is Sabu. This is Rhino. This is what 
This is what this show needed if you're going to have this kind of match. And it was short. It wasn't long. It wasn't too overexposed. Was, you're right. You're right. And and having and honestly having all those promos and all that heat, that hard yeah. hate hate WWE heat right into the most non WWE type match with Sabu and Rhino was was poetically written. It was me, beautiful. Paul Heyman me, at his absolute best. I loved it. I gave it three and a half stars. Three and a half stars. Sorry. Let me say this. I did not give it that great of a grade or whatever, and I, I, I honestly didn't think that much of it, but you saying that is that, – that's that's correct. If you're going to have an ECW throwback show, if you're going to have an homage to ECW like they, like they were doing, you got to have this. You got to have stuff like this. So this fit perfectly in the show. It helped the show be more ECW. It helped the show overall. I think it was perfect for, for, for the show's sake. You got to have it. It's almost like yeah. it, in a way it should get an A++ because – this help the overall packaging of the show yeah, because really you have did. to have every little thing in it. So this was another perfect uh, story, and that's what WWE yeah, does it wrong is, today. Totally. And honestly, yeah, dude. And if you want to yeah. get technical and get into the breakdown of the good booking here, like right. Paul it's Heyman, all about booking. Yeah, and, and dude, this is literally the halfway point in the show. So this is yeah. like, yo, let's build them back up right now. Like, and it was. It was perfect. It was perfect. It was almost like the whole show kicked off again, and everyone was just as hype as they were in the beginning. Exactly. Um, dude, yeah. I mean, so obviously, four matches deep on both shows, it's just trucking right along with ECW. We never, like, first of all, when I set this up, I never thought that ECW in 2005 was going to be mowing over a 1997, literally my favorite year in pro wrestling, my yeah. favorite year in pro wrestling, a 1997 WWF show that's a pretty iconic show. Th and like, th yeah, this this ECW pay-per-view, like I said, is one of my favorites of all times, and yeah. I still thought for sure 97 Raw, uh, 97 WWE is still going to win. I knew I that this ECW show, might, I knew though. I loved this ECW it show. Might, it might, because we are halfway through. So We're only halfway. They just start slaying. But yeah, you know what? That's going to bring us back to match number five. And we had the LOD in the back dude, cutting a promo, and I loved it. It was very much nostalgia. Well, it was so good. I loved it. I love Hawk, man. I miss it. I miss that whole thing. Dude, these guys are something that I sorely miss. And I feel like we need just a powerhouse tag team that they just push as animals again. Because this was... These guys are definitely childhood favorites for me. We got the Godwins versus the LOD. Uh, and on, you know what? LOD is obviously way past their prime at this point, right? I mean, it, it's not – I mean, it's it's obvious. Uh, and LOD is obviously still super over, though, too. So it's a weird dynamic. Even though they've clearly lost a step or two, the crowd is popping huge for the LOD. And honestly, it was a straight-up power match. Like, it, what, they weren't trying to sugarcoat it. It was brawling, lots of big slams. Um, clotheslines, uh, sleeper holds. It, it wasn't bad because I felt like there wasn't a whole lot of dragging. Honestly, it's because like, at least in the up oh, in, in the in the beginning, I didn't feel like they had that much time. So like, it that, and that's a, that was a good thing for LOD at this point in their career. You know, it, it was pretty basic though. You know, I mean, the, the heels cheated. Um, you know, the faces get stopped by the referee. You know, you know, big big. To me, this was like the, the cheese that we were just complaining about in other, the other matches before this. These guys pulled it off well because they were all good workers at this style. You know what I mean? Like, even if you – like, I, I won't say that this was – was this a, a technically proficient match? Not really. Was it? Was there any huge high spots? 
No, but there weren't really in any of the other matches prior to this either. And this match to me felt like it meant more. I ended up still only giving it two and a half stars because I'm just not a power wrestling kind of guy. So I, I gave it like a C plus uh, to, a, to a C, C to a C plus at best. Um, but yeah, man, what did you think about the LOD versus the Godwins here? Yeah, I'm pretty much on the same same level there uh, with you. Slow start, nothing special. Uh, the best part about it was watching the Doomsday Device at the end. I think because of nostalgia purposes and that I love the LOD, uh, I love the Road Warriors, I gave it a C just because yeah. it didn't suck. It didn't right, suck. Yeah. They, they did it, and it wasn't – I'd rather that than – It's what uh, you would expect from the LOD in 1997. Exactly. It was they good. They didn't so, under-deliver yeah. for what I expected. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I gave it a C. I gave it a C. So um, what? So does, does that compare to Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero? Should I just take it away there? Woo! Dude, okay. yeah, dude. Hey. Hop yeah, into it, man. Yeah, we've touched upon uh, talking about Chris Benoit before, and we all know how um, we both feel about it and how pretty much everybody feels about it. It's never great talking about him. And it's, uh, you know, you try the best you can to not have to talk about them. We're definitely not going to pick shows that are, uh, we're not going to pick shows based upon him if we mean to, you know what I mean? Like it's, we're, we'll try right. to go but around him as time, best not, as possible, gonna, but we're not going to not pick a show. On there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But we're not going to not pick shows. And, um, you know, if you heard what I had to say about him Last time and how graded. This one's a little different. I, I I had to give this match a better grade. Eddie Guerrero was so good, and honestly, yeah. Chris Benoit was was yeah. was really good at this time. Yeah. And and I, I hate to say it, but well, you're judging um, the profession, not the person. Right. You know? I'm and and like I've been doing with every other match, I'm really grading the profession. The profession, like you just said, it, and it was a great match. This was the type of yeah. match I like to see. This was. Uh, a classic cast match. Yeah. We could, now this it was, was it. Yeah. Um. You know. Uh. I, I didn't even write that many notes because I was kind of just staring at the screen and watching the match. It's like I didn't even have time to go down and write notes on my paper because every everything was just so good. I I loved it. I loved it all. Eddie is just amazing. Um. Eddie. Um. He tapped to the cross face. Chris Benoit wins. I actually gave it a B plus. I thought every you know to have a tap there it, from Eddie meant a lot. It was uh it was a great match and it made yeah. me sad because Eddie's gone and uh, Eddie's gone, gone. And, yeah. and then and Chris everything happened with Chris Ben Wall and whatever. Yeah, man. I mean, I thought I mean first of all, I like the packages leading up to it. I liked Al Snow hyping another like highlights package for ECW, which I thought was really good. And then Eric Bischoff starts bringing out the Raw crew. And they all got a huge heel reaction. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, it was absolutely crazy to think that just like two years after this match, both guys would be dead. Like, that's insane to think about, like in 2005, because they were like, it seemed like they were in the prime of their career. Uh, I mean, the crowd, the crowd was chanting at edge about Lita and it was great. Uh, but the match itself was an absolute clinic. I mean, Eddie Eddie was playing the heel role in that situation, which he did in ECW when they when they were when they wrestled, uh, and and he played it perfectly. It was great chain wrestling. Uh, the holds were really well placed. The pacing was great. The timing was great. The selling was great. Uh, it was a little too short, honestly. I could have I could have gone. I felt like they could have used another five minutes 
because they were just killing it. I mean, I, I thought they could have gone another solid five minutes, but I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I gave the match three and a half stars, but it would have been a four to four and a half star match if they would have gotten a little bit more time. Um, yeah, man. I mean, and that's the thing too. Again, we, you know, we just talked about how we enjoyed the LOD match, but I still feel like, you know, one night stand, the ECW show is still just slaying it right now. I mean, they're just killing it. This might be one of the best pay-per-views of all time, honestly. One of the best wrestling pay-per-views of all time. Very underrated. Go check out 2005 One Night Only. Or I'm sorry, one, yeah, One Night Only. One Night Stand. One Night Stand. Come that's on. why. I, I wrote it down in my notes as One Night Only. Down wrong. it that way. Yes, God, I'm so stupid. I fixed it. Sorry. Yeah, One Night Stand, 2005. Good Lord, please go check that show out. But yeah, man, that's going to bring us back to the nostalgia show. And this is where, you know, it, it might might be fitting, but business is about to pick up a little bit, okay? Oh, yeah. Business is about to pick up a little bit. Oh, we saw, man. you know, uh, the, the Shamrock and Billy Gunn promo was pretty good. Uh, the promos in this era were definitely what carried the entire product because the matches have been absolute garbage. And I feel like every time we cover an Attitude Era show, the matches are pretty much trash. But we all remember those angles because they were so iconic. So, yeah, and the, and these promos didn't disappoint. They were great. Uh, nice promo from, from Bret Hart backstage, even though Vince was kind of burying him a little bit, which was a little weird. It was almost like Vince was trying to embarrass him at, at a certain point, uh, and that, that felt awkward to me. Uh, Good. Like, it, it, Good. It, it, kind of, it, kind of, it was kind of making him play the heel, even though he was clearly a babyface in the U.K., and I felt like that was a, missed, a misfire by Vince, in my opinion. But, yeah, that, that, that leads us to the match, which was Vader versus Owen Hart. And I'm just going to go ahead and give you my thoughts on this one, man. Uh, Vader at this point, you know, like they, they brought him back in, I want to say, in, at the end of 95. Uh, and he just didn't, he wasn't the same, he wasn't the same guy that he was like in WCW and his past runs with the company. Um, it just, it wasn't as good. But man, he, you know, when you're wrestling a, a savant like Owen Hart, it's really hard to have a bad match, and this match wasn't bad because, you know what, you're wrestling Owen Hart. Uh, it was it was very different Owen here from, like, the 94 show that we just covered. Um, oh, I mean, Owen was playing to Vader's strengths and making it work. I mean, he, that guy could carry a broom, literally. I mean, it was just—he's just such an incredible wrestler that it was— you know, knowing how poorly Vader was received as a worker, you know, listening to the, the podcasts that we listen to, knowing all the dirt and all the all the stuff that we could possibly have learned about the backstage era at this time, Vader was not looked upon fondly by the company, by the peers, nobody. But Owen really made it work. I thought this match was really good. Uh, Vader did look like a damn grizzly bear, though. I mean, he looked great. Uh, really good hope spots. You know, Vader was laying his stuff in very stiff. Um, definitely match of the night so far on this show. Definitely. Uh, Vader goes over after catching Owen in a power slam. Very good match. Uh, probably the best Vader match in 97. Uh, that being said, two and a half stars. So a C plus to a B. Um, but dude, uh, again, like if this had been Vader from 94 or 93 against this era of Owen, it might've been a four star match. You know, it was it, it was really good. Leon was just a little bit behind in his in his pacing, but he was laying it in. He was hitting hard, and Owen was doing his best being the pro wrestler, carrying it as a pro. What did you think about Vader versus Owen Hart and that Bret Hart promo and all that stuff leading up to it? Man, I'll say this, that these two, this is my era, like we've said before, and these two are two that I remember fondly, and they are two of my favorites. Vader, Owen, Two heels that I love to hate that I 
I remember as a child, man, Owen Hart is one of the greatest of all time. Maybe, maybe the greatest of all time as a heel. A uh, fun thing about this match, this is one of the only times you will see this version of Owen Hart. You know, let's just let me this version of Owen Hart as a babyface. Yes, Owen Hart. They did the uh, heart, the new Hart Foundation thing, and when they were in Canada, they were babyfaces. Anyway, when they were in America, they were heels. But this King of Hearts version, before all that, you never really saw him be a wrestle as a babyface. And it was almost like they called it in the ring, that they had to all of a sudden call it in the ring because they, the, it, it, was, it was like the match wasn't supposed to be how it was. I don't, th- I don't know or th- like how it was set up. It wasn't necessarily that Owen was going to be the babyface, and the crowd just loved Owen for some reason. Yeah. And it was yeah. almost like in the- we got to switch this up, and it looked like they were calling it. It looked like a few of the matches tonight were just calling it in the ring, which was normal back then. And they, if they did, they did it great. You Owen all of a sudden was wrestling as a babyface. He was doing babyface spots. Yeah. And I thought it was awesome. I've never seen that. I've never seen even during the Canada thing where there were baby faces in Canada and and not in and then heels in America. I've never seen Owen in a one on one match as the King of Hearts, you know, or the Rocket, either one as a, as a just a true white me baby face. He was doing and he was over. It was almost like I saw Owen. I could see in his face him kind of overdoing some of these baby face spots because he's Owen and I just love Owen and I could just tell he was living it up and just killing it. I mean, he was doing, he was so good. Owen, man, Owen was so good. They booed the hell out of Brett for some reason, but they just were loving Owen, man. Uh, this, this match is a matter watch just because of that. Again, like I look like they were definitely in the ring. Vader does a splash all the time. He leaves his feet like that. Um, finally, a, uh, a body slam after keep, he kept trying to do one, trying to do one, trying to do one. He finally gets a body slam. That really got the crowd hot. Um, Owen also does an oxing drop kick off the top ropes and then a nip up and and the crowd was hype. It was very babyface Owen celebration. Again, you just don't see that. It was, it was, I was loving it, man. I was, man, I'm getting hyped thinking about it. It was so good, man. This Owen match. Owen is the best. Vader catches Owen off the top rope again after Owen goes off the top. He goes into a power slam for the win. I gave it a B plus. This match was solely based on Owen going babyface for it. I gave it a B plus. Dude, yeah. I mean, it was it was a great match. But honestly, I feel like this 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 spot right here. I feel like this is where. We might kind of disagree with our ratings because if you jump back over to the 2005 show, I mean, we started off with Bischoff kind of cutting a promo at this point in the show on Joel Gertner and the rest of the crowd, and it honestly wasn't very good. I feel like Bischoff has delivered some good promos in the past, but this was not really one of them. Um, and, and dude, like, but it does bring us to this next match, and it was Mike Awesome versus Masato Tanaka. And again, I know that you're not really familiar with the ECW product, so I'm sure that you're going to poo-poo on this. But, dude, these guys had these kind of matches. And again, every match on this card was booked so well that, that you know, when they had the two guys in the ring, they were they were back in their rivalry from when they were hot in ECW. And these guys didn't disappoint. I feel like they were... 
They were there. It was like they had not missed a beat. It was like they were literally in that rivalry that they'd had. Uh, it was hot spots right out of the gate. Uh, this match felt very much like the same match as they had in the original ECW. I mean, T- Tanaka took a power bomb off the apron through a table directly on his neck. And it was, I mean, the whole match was just high impact, pedal to the metal, all go. And again, they had not missed a single step, dude. And these guys weren't working. This was not a pro wrestling match. This was very much, these guys are just beating the shit out of each other. And, but that's all it's always been with them. That's how it's always been with their matches. And I love these series of matches from these guys. Like, they it's always been this way. So the fact that this match was this way, like, if you haven't seen these matches up to this point, I can completely understand why somebody would poo-poo on it. But... Like, dude, these all of their matches were just like this. I mean, just go, 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 hit fast, like big impact, like one after the other, amazing superhero type moves that these guys are both just taking. And, and like this match just didn't disappoint. Mike Awesome goes over after an awesome bomb through a table from the ring to the floor, and then a diving splash onto him. That and the camera angle was almost perfect because it's like they stayed on Tanaka. After the power bomb, and you, it's almost like the camera wasn't even ready for Awesome to just come suicide diving through the ropes onto Tanaka, and like, you know, he goes over. I gave this match four stars. I loved it. I I, I absolutely loved it. I mean, it was easily a B plus to an A. What did you think about about you know Mike Awesome versus Tanaka? This will probably be the biggest disappointment. The biggest disagreement that we've ever had reviewing a match on yeah. this show. Ladies and gentlemen, mark it down in your calendar. It's 7-9, 2019. When you hear this, it'll be uh, 7-11. You can get your Slurpee. Um, yeah, I did not agree with what you just said. And maybe it's because I don't, I don't know about it's it. because you don't know. With all it's the other matches that... But come on, but you should have booked it better than this. This should have been the first match. Every other match had every other match didn't just have ECW headliners. They had stars that people knew in the World Dude. Wrestling Federation or World Championship uh, Wrestling. They had stars in the world of wrestling and not just stars in ECW. Yeah, they had stars that were created in ECW, but come on. Mike Awesome and uh, Ding Dong over here that nobody knows about. What's Ding Dong? Ding Dong? Did you just call Masato Tanaka Ding Dong? All these great, great matches Lord. were Jabroni 1 versus Jabroni 2. Not good. Oh, my God. Jabroni so, but, 1 and Jabroni 2. Yeah, I, that's, what I, that's, that's the match, right? Jabroni 1 versus Jabroni 2. It's kind of like Ding and Dong and WCW. Oh, my God. So, anyway, it was a bunch of chair shots table stuff blah 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 all like i said all the other matches meant something this was like what what is this match doing here what what are we doing awesome putting a dude through a table i gave it a i gave it a d i even i didn't even give it an f i gave it a d because it was like and it was okay they gave effort i saw the effort within the performers so i gave it a d but to think this this better than the rocket, the rocket Owen Hart and Vader is just you can't even compare it. You can't even compare it. Vader or Owen way better than this match. D. Give it a D. 
move on. Yeah, I gave it a solid star and a half more than the Owen Hart-Vader match. I thought it was fantastic. But you know what? Thus far, that that's the only that's the only match that it, either one of us have been on the side of ninety seven. So we're almost towards the end of the show you here. Gave it a, you gave it a what? I'm sorry, you gave it a. I gave it an A. Oh, I gave the match an A. You gave it an A. What star? What star? You were breaking up. I didn't hear the star. Oh, give Mike, Mike Awesome and Tanaka, they got yeah. four stars. You got four stars. A. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go. Let's go. Let's go to uh, ninety seven. Undertaker, Bret Hart. Yeah, man. I mean, do, okay, so the promo for Brett versus Undertaker showed some footage from that SummerSlam, and I honestly had forgotten how amazing this angle was and tying a Sean into it uh, that led into Bad Blood, which is the iconic, the first ever Hell in a Cell match, also another fantastic pay-per-view that we will be covering very shortly. Um, man, dude, the Undertaker versus Bret Hart here for the WWF World Championship, and man, it didn't disappoint, honestly. It was off to a, a hot start. Uh, right into brawling, and Brett exposed the turnbuckle early. Uh, you could tell that, that the agents in the match had definitely booked him as the heel, and by the time he was out in front of the crowd, he was working as a heel for sure. Um, all the outside, outside stuff I know that Cass normally doesn't like, but I felt like it all made sense here. Uh, and Taker was in his prime. I mean, I've been pretty critical of The Undertaker. I think he's probably one of the more un- overrated uh, wrestlers of all time. Now, granted, I think his gimmick... <laughs> I think his gimmick is one of the one of the greatest of all time. I think he's been in some of the best angles ever. Uh, I like I like the Undertaker. I think he's a good wrestler, but I don't think he's I don't think he's ever had more than a more than a three and a half to four star match to me. Uh, but that's just me. Um, outside, I mean, and the matches that he has had that were at that level were carried by guys like Bret Hart, guys like Shawn Michaels, guys that could literally carry a broomstick. Uh, again, I'm not calling the Undertaker a broomstick. He's had some great matches, but they haven't. It's not been because of him, in my opinion. Uh, but yeah, I mean, at this point though, Taker was definitely in his prime. This, th- I'd say, Taker from '97 to '99. This is this was at, easily at his at his best as a in-ring wrestler, at his best uh, with his gimmick, all, all the way around. I thought um, he was he was good here, and and the match was great. It, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's weird. It, it's weird how in 1997 it it, it was. It it was Brett being the heel and Taker being the face, so that that felt weird to me a little bit. But um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it could have been a little bit shorter. It did feel a little bit too long. Uh, I didn't mind the DQ at the end though, uh, with Brett doing the foley like rope spot. It all made sense to me uh, with his head caught between the ropes. Um, so I ended up giving this match three and a half stars, which would be a B plus to an A. Um, you know, what do you think about Taker versus Brett here? First of all, I just want to let people know that was solely Daniel's opinion. I do not agree oh, yeah, I'll take it. I'll or take condone it. anything he just said about The Undertaker. One of the greatest wrestlers of all time. If you watch him in his prime as a big man, he's amazing. And it wasn't just Sean carrying Taker. At WrestleMania 25, that was one of the greatest matches of all It was the greatest WrestleMania match of all time, in my opinion. And uh. that was because of both, man. That's not true, but okay. that was because of both men, and I won't I won't say oh on that one because that was a great match. I don't care what you say, that was amazing. It was a good both match. matches they had not the best match of all time, but in my opinion, it, it's if it's not the, it's up there in top three. But that's not this discussion. I will say Undertaker is great. You know, I think the booze of this match really affected Bret Hart. I don't think Bret Hart uh, expected that. I think Bret Hart 
especially at this time, his whole deal was that he was loved in Canada and all over the world. He was like, he was loved in India. He had a very strong following in India for some reason. I don't really, uh, in Asia and, uh, you know, India is a part of Asia, but he, he just had a very strong following overseas. It was uh, a thing that I, and I could see in his face, he was very affected by the booze. Um, it started off fast, physical, back and forth. I liked it. I'm liking. I'm liking the start. Let me let me put you through my feelings right right here. You can ride along with me, okay? They go to the outside of the ring. Not a problem, okay? They go back and forth again. Again, crowd did not like Brett. I wrote that down. I kid. I'm feeling it at this point. The crowd is letting it be known they are not on Brett's side. A hundred percent. It's not even fifty fifty, okay? Um, I did. I did think that the match started getting a little too long. I'm not going to lie. It got a little boring at some point. I was like, man, this match is uh, getting a little stale at this point. All right. All of a sudden, Taker booed, and it it turns into a mixed boo. All of a sudden, it's getting into Taker getting heat, and they're cheering Brett. I didn't, and there wasn't a reason for it. Like, they, they weren't doing that. They weren't trying to be clever and, like, do this smart match where they turn the fans. They just all of a sudden got bored, I think, and started booing Undertaker. It was kind of weird. Um, I, I don't know. So um, and then you get to the Brett. So this is, man, we're going to go so different. When did you give this a B and an, or an A or something? Yeah, I gave it a B. I thought this match B plus. was okay. I thought the match was maybe a C. I gave it a C. You said it made sense to you, and then you understood it. I did. I did not understand the choke in the ropes and the DQ after all that time. After making me sit through 30 to 40 minutes of this match, which got boring, and they didn't do that much creative stuff because Bret Hart was just a boring wrestler, and that's Bret Hart. He's Mr. Boring. You make you oh make a God. sit through a Mr. Boring match, and then all of a sudden you end with a DQ because Bret doesn't want to do. This the job and put but Undertaker is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. He's on now. He's on almost everybody's Mount Rushmore. I, I no, he's not. Twitter, he's, that, that Twitter, Twitter help me. Twitter, he's not in my top everybody. 10. He's not in my top ten. Not, not in your top ten, but but you you think AEW is as good as WWE? You're crazy. I never said is, that. Not one time have I ever I, said that ever. I said that. I said that last time. I think on last show. I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah. You don't know. Anything though, Undertaker's the greatest. Um, everybody go at Daniel. Tell him how how Undertaker's in your in your Mount Rushmore. Dude, he's a, he's definitely in the Mount Rushmore. Hold on, Undertaker, Undertaker. But, but are we, Bret, but are we talking boring. about the yeah, same you know guy? Let's go on Twitter. You know what? Let's have, well, we're gonna put a Twitter poll up. If you, you put two, if you had to choose, if you had to choose an in-ring wrestler, because that's what we're talking about here. We're breaking down a match. If you no, had to I'm choose not, between wait, Bret Hart or Undertaker, a, I'm talking about not just in-ring wrestling. I'm talking about Wrestling, gimmick, performer, I'm talking about everything, the okay, whole package. Sure. And when okay. I talk about a Mount Rushmore, I'm not just talking about in-ring wrestling. I'm talking cool. about the whole package. You put Brett, the hitman heart, in front of The Undertaker. Oh, absolutely. Like, no no question. Uh, like, more more than four or five spots ahead of The Undertaker. By, by far, by far, yeah. What is absolutely. the, the, the horror? Kane number three and uh, Buff Bagwell number two. What are you talking about? What, where, where are you at? The the under. We talking about the same guy, Mark Calloway. The, Dude, okay. If I start, if I start right now, there, 
if I, if I'm being totally honest, if I start right now and I just start from the top, I, we could go probably half an hour before I would put the Undertaker on my list. It would be, you know, I mean, easily. Okay, just just to make it clear, like right off the bat, just just the top, and this isn't even in a particular order. Just this is off the top of my head. You have Sean, you have Brett. You have AJ Styles. You have I would put Seth Rollins as an in-ring worker above above um, the Undertaker. Ric Flair, no doubt about that. We're, not, we're already we're talking at five. about, we but I'm not talking work. about in-ring Cold worker. Talking okay. about Steve Austin, The Rock. I'm talking uh, okay. about professional. Okay, okay, let's talk about professional wrestler. Let's talk about professional wrestler. Okay, then uh, if you want to put it all, then you okay, we can do that too. Again, number one, Shawn Michaels. Number two, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Number three, The Rock. Number four, Bret Hart. Number five, Hulk Hogan. Number six, Ric Flair. Number, I mean, I, I can keep going. He's not in my top ten. I, the, the, he's not That's anywhere crazy. near my top ten. He's a great. I'm glad you're saying. Reason, I'm the only reason. I'm not why, editing this out. I'm not no, editing this absolutely out. Absolutely. The only reason why he's had the longevity that he's had is because of Vince McMahon's Undertaker gimmick. That is why he is what he is, because he is the Undertaker. Because Mean Mark Calloway or Mean Mark Callis would have been a jobber his entire career. His entire career. Dial it in. Mark Callis without Vince McMahon and the Undertaker gimmick is literally a mid-carder at his absolute best. His, a mid-carder at his absolute best. There's no way you believe best. that. That is absolutely now, what I believe. Just falling on your, now you're just falling on your sword. It, we're talking about The Undertaker. We're talking about The Undertaker, man. Okay. What are you Dude, talking about? Okay, go back and listen to the archives. When have, I, when have I ever Rollins, rated a great, a great Undertaker match? Yes. Come yes, on. Absolutely. I would rather That's watch correct. a tape of all of Seth Rollins' matches, matches over – the Undertaker's matches, definitely. Now, it, was he a part of some of the most iconic storylines in history? Absolutely. The SummerSlam Taker versus Taker match, huge. But what was the match like? It was dog shit. You and I both know that his matches have never been what's made him. It's his he gimmick. He's brought and up a bad match. Yeah, you could, I could bring up a bad match, but he's had a Dude, bunch of great matches. He's had, uh, yes, he has because he's been wrestling for fifty-seven. He's brought up a bad match. All right, I don't even, I don't even. We need to stop talking about this because I feel like you're digging yourself into the hole I'm because digging, you're I'm wrong. Hey, you're you wrong. I'll dig this grave. Dig it. For the Undertaker. All day long. Push. All right. I gave this <laughs> match long. an F. I gave this match an F because I thought it was a waste of time. I thought Whoa. the finish sucked. Okay. I thought I got I got extremely mad at the match. Whenever I so watched it. So, okay, okay, okay. So yeah. all that all that that you gave about Tanaka and and Mike Awesome yeah. about being terrible. And it now here we are. Rate. It got a better rating than the yeah. Undertaker match that you've just been defending for the past like I, ten minutes. I love you so much, I'm like being honest. I'm being honest. So. But I, I don't so but that doesn't mean this match right here doesn't represent the Undertaker's career just because this was just a sh crap match. This was a terrible dude, match. Okay. Well, you know what wasn't crap, dude? You know what wasn't crap? Well, dude, what wasn't crap was Paul Heyman hitting the ring right before the, the seventh match on this card in 2005. Paul Heyman hits the ring, soaks up the crowd, cuts an incredible Paul Heyman promo as only Paul Heyman can. I think that Paul Heyman is the second best professional wrestling manager of all time. I think that he is easily one of the smartest minds in professional wrestling. I think that he is, when he's cutting shoot promos, I don't think there's anyone better. I just, I don't think there's anybody better than delivering that real uh, feel. 
and he didn't disappoint here. I mean, when he says when he when he looks at JBL and he says, you know, I love your cowboy hat. Let's shoot from the hip, cowboy. The only reason why you were ever WWF champion is because Triple H didn't want to work on Tuesdays. And and uh, honestly, you can see the reaction on JBL's face. Like, okay. You're probably right. Like, you know, like he took it like, I mean, because he was right. I mean, he was absolutely right. But you know what? That's going to lead us into the next match, which was the Dudley Boys versus Tommy Dreamer and the Sandman. Um, Dude, the BWO hits the ring and it's kind of like a battle royal, Um, especially for a one off like this. I didn't mind this because you could tell we're towards the end of the show and it's just nothing but nostalgia. And it's just nothing but all the guys that haven't been on the show yet. And you've saved, you know, this big hype for last. And, dude, that just honestly, just the intro for the Sandman alone was worth it. The crowd was so hot for that. Like, uh, you know, I mean, one after the other, it was really cool. You know, Kid Cash came in and and delivered a dive. Uh, You know, then they finally ring the bell and it's back to a tag match. Uh, You know, all four guys got color. Uh, it was it was a hodgepodge of violence and nostalgia, but I loved every second of it because that's what this was. It was a spectacle more than a match. Um, so I was I was really into it. Uh, the Dudleys go over after a double power bomb through a flaming table on Dreamer. And how much more ECW can you be? What did you think about match number seven? The Dudleys versus Tommy Dreamer and the Sandman and that Paul Heyman promo that was so killer beforehand. I hate to sound like a broken record on this show because other than what we just disagreed with a minute ago, we've been kind of agreeing the whole show. And I, again, you said a bunch of the same points. Um, it was hodgepodge was probably the main note there that it felt like, uh, but it was okay. Exactly what you said. It's the end of the show and the hodge, the hodgepodge made sense. You got BWO, Axel Rotten, Balls Mahoney, yeah, Kid Cash, I didn't know what was really going on. There was chair shots everywhere. Um, again, hodgepodge. Um, yeah, then the match comes out. There's a lot of just seat. I called them CT headshots. They were really, you know, yeah. no protection going at it. They were rough, Slamming yeah. each other in the head. You know, uh, I don't I don't know really. The, I guess I would – everything, exactly what you were saying, it made sense, though. I mean, it kind of made sense to ECW with the, with the table spot, with the – on flames of it all kind of made sense was it a was it a uh you know a five-star match you know that steals the show Shawn michaels bret hart type match no but did it make sense in the booking and was it entertaining and was it good yeah i mean i gave it kind of a c plus you know yeah you didn't say your rating what did you what did you think about it i mean it was i gave it three stars so i gave it like a b okay Okay. i mean yeah i'm similar there i mean i i mean i'm a little little less but i don't i don't disagree with you there but uh it does go and compare with the greatest of all time the heartbreak kid Shawn michaels versus one of the other greatest no no no, of that all was, time, no, no, no the, the, competition, the competition was that match no. versus the understatement oh. yeah yeah so i still so oh. i think that we so oh, even I'm even sorry. with even with all the nostalgia i feel like you got i, I was just honestly yeah, i know I, I probably threw you off there because i was kind of making fun of the fact that you had talked up the undertaker but you had even rated the masato tanaka match where you called jabroni one and jabroni yeah. two you rated that better than the taker and I rated it better. even after you had just like you just like lived lived and breathed and died with the undertaker but yeah no this was that so the undertaker match that you the the, the beloved undertaker 
KG Castlush's daddy, apparently, um, was was this is the guy who we're comparing the Dudley Boys versus Tommy Dreamer and the Sandman to, and obviously, obviously, we gotta give it to the 2005 show and the ECW originals here. Uh, But yeah, so now, so now, that's gonna take us back over to the greatest of all time versus. The Hall of Famer that is inevitable, that is way too long, should be in there now. It was the Heartbreak Kid, the Icon, the Showstopper, the Main Event versus the British Bulldog, Davey Boy Smith. Uh, what did you, I'm going to let you just go ahead and take it away here. Man, so the Heartbreak Kid versus the British Bulldog, Davey Boy Smith. The crowd was hot. The crowd was going. I was I was actually surprised about how many people were for the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. You know, we're at we're in London or wherever we're in the UK. Uh, you know, we're at British Bulldogs home turf, and the cr- yeah. there was it was kind of a 50-50 deal there. You know, maybe a little bit more for the British Bulldog, but Shawn had a lot of people. Uh, kayfabe just seemed alive, man. I mean, things that people were there, how the wrestlers were acting. Even on their entrances and just little things is and the start of the match, everything just felt great. This was like it still felt it was still had that old school feel to it, and I loved it. Uh, Sean put uh, a bulldog toy in his pants that a little kid had when he was walking out, and that was awesome. I thought that was like this was the beginning of like you said that Sean Michaels that you liked '97. 98 Shawn Michaels, your boy's probably taking a couple prescriptions, your boy's losing his mind, drinking too much. He took a kid's toy and put it in his pants and then threw it back at the kid. I thought that was awesome. It was a bulldog toy. He took a little bulldog toy, put it in his pants. Um, I just, man, I just put Shawn's the freaking greatest, man. I loved it. Um, they, again, looked like they were calling it in the ring. And it was uh, it was a perfect start to the match how how they started uh, little things like the uh, the bulldog uh, little things the bulldog were doing what was doing was great I mean just how he was holding holds and and reacting and selling these guys I, I don't even I don't even know what I don't know how to say it these guys were just so great man like you said bulldog how is he not in the Hall of Fame probably some family politics there I don't know I don't know the backstory on the bulldog and why he's not in the in the Hall of Fame but um, both men were making it look real and they were making it look like a shoot. It was almost like they were fighting. They, like, that's what wrestling is. You're trying to make it, yeah. uh, uh, you know, trying to make this thing look real and they were doing it and they were doing it. And again, every little way, just, I mean, the, the way they were, they were clinching and, and just the simple things on selling both men, just, I, I was, I was really looking at it. Because I've seen this match. Maybe it's different for me. I swear to God, I've seen this match like a hundred times. So my notes maybe seem scattered because it was the hundredth time I've seen it. So like I was looking at, I don't know. I just knew it was going to happen. So maybe I was looking at little things. Maybe that's why I don't sound as uh, as um, coherent or observant as I do on some of the other ones is because I've seen this match a whole bunch of times, so I kind of just knew what to expect. So I was seeing very little things, and I don't know how to really. It was mannerisms. It was like facial expressions. You know, I don't. I don't know. Rick Rude comes out. Let's cut to the chase. Rick yeah. Rude comes out. Um, Sean selling like a maniac out there, yeah. just showing why he's the best. Uh, both men were perfect. Sorry, I'm reading notes, and it's kind of touching on what I just said. Um, it's all good. It was. It was a create. 
way to finish. Bulldog foot falls off the platform. They're on the out, so they're on the outside of the ring. He's got Sean. His foot falls off the platform because the whole ring and the outside area is lifted off. The the is lifted up. So where the fans are sitting is a little bit below. So Bulldog's foot falls down off the platform. He hurts his leg or hurts his whatever. Then they do a figure four. Triple H and whatever are doing the whole classic, you know, classic Southern whatever hold the the arms of the guy putting the figure four on, and uh, and that's making it hurt worse. You get a referee stoppage. I gave this match an A. I gave it a uh, just be- mainly because of the selling and the performance of both men. I give it an A, not an A plus, but I did give it an A. I did give it an A. Not not. I don't. I, I want to make it known. I'm not I'm not saying it was the greatest thing ever, but it got an A. What did you think about the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels versus the British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith, and Man, the whole turf? Yeah. The so like, I mean, it, okay. So leading up to like right before the match was a great like drug fueled HBK promo backstage. And again, this is my favorite era of of HBK. So I loved it. Uh, nice dig at Brett saying that, that, you know, you've seen the WWF champion and now you're going to see the main event. Uh, I thought that was a nice dig oh, at, yeah. at, at Brett. Um, but yeah, I mean, I got to say, though, you know, in hindsight, it is extra, extra crappy to have the Bulldogs, you know, cancer sister come out with him and having him dedicate the match to her. And, you know, just to put yeah. it on. Sound, it felt like it just felt. Yeah, it felt really cheap. Like it felt like dirty heat to me. Um but yeah, I mean, obviously Sean was doing a fantastic job and just bump, bumping all over the place for Davey. And and I, I mean, again, I, this is my favorite era of Sean, Sean '97. And I feel like because he was such a different person, like even from his like early heyday, you know, '96 Iron Man, like all the in though, and then his rebirth in 2002, like the specifically the one year of 1997. Shawn Michaels was just a different person. And now we all know it's because he was on a lot of drugs, but I loved it. I thought that that, that this version of Shawn, so this guy that isn't even really a person because he was drug-fueled, is my, that person is my favorite wrestler of all time. That person is my favorite wrestler of all time. So, like, just the cockiness of it and, like, the on, like, just the brash and, like, brutal cockiness of it was so amazing. I loved it. It's very, like, just obnoxious rock star. I love this whole gimmick from him. I love because it was real. It wasn't a gimmick. He was just this was really who he was at the time. And I loved it until until Rick Rude hit the ring. Uh-oh. And honestly, yeah. man, he was an annoyance in the match. Like the interference took away from the match. It devalued the match. I didn't like his interference at all. Totally didn't even need him involved at all. It would have made way more sense to just have Hunter and China hit the ring later. I, again, like. I loved Rick Rude in the 90s in the new generation era or a little bit before the new generation era in the golden era when he was yeah, wrestling Take the that. Snake and like all that. Like when he was, you know, Ricky Steamboat and, and Macho Man, like those were really good matches. But I didn't like any like once he stopped wrestling, I didn't like any of this. I didn't like Rick Rude being a part of DX at all. It never made sense to me. And, you know, people people always say that like. You know, this is was such an iconic thing for Rick Rue because he was on both shows like on the same Monday night. And it's like, but how like he had such little value that when that happened, even when that happened, I didn't I was like, oh, wow. OK, so like, Nobody the one guy, cared. So like yeah, I was like the one guy that doesn't talk that used to be a wrestler is now on the other show and is not going to talk and used to be a wrestler. It was, it was not a big deal to me at all. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, it really hurt the match to me. And the match to me really just fell to the crapper after this. Uh, Dex came, you know, DX came out after that. And then Sean goes over after, like, after the DQ, which I didn't really understand, like, the winning the belt. Like, it was just, it was a really weird thing. Like, I, I didn't like, I didn't like it. I didn't, I didn't like, I didn't like this match at all. Like, really, I gave it one and a half stars. And that's like, wow. I remember, I remember this match being so iconic. But to be honest, I didn't, I, I mean, I was, it was 1997. I was 13, I was 12 or 13 years old. I wasn't getting the pay-per-view, you know? Like, I just remember seeing those still shots on Raw and remember, like, them playing clips of it and how hyped it was and remember it playing such a huge role in that Heart Foundation DX feud. But now that I went back and watched, I, I haven't watched the match a million times like you have. So, like, I mean, it, again, it wasn't a garbage match, but it was, you know, one and a half to, one and a half to two-star match. And it just... It wasn't great. Uh, it wasn't great at all. But you know what? That, in my opinion, and but that that jumps us back over to Stone Cold hitting the ring in nineteen or in two thousand and five, and cuts a promo that just stirred the crowd up. Got the WWE guys in the ring for a battle royal to close out the show, uh, and just all hell broke loose, man. I mean, he he called them all out just the only way Stone, Stone Cold can, and it all made sense. Just like, you know, the only way Stone Cold can. And, you know, people, it, it's funny how this show was all ECW nostalgia, but it pretty much ended with Attitude Era nostalgia in, in Stone Cold. But the crowd loved it because Stone Cold was really born as the superstar Steve Austin in ECW. So, like, it, oh, it, yeah. it works out. Like, it, it worked out, but it was kind of, it was so close. It was, it was, it was the skin of their teeth that it made sense. But it did make sense. Um, but man, dude, you know, knowing what we know now, when that battle royal happened, JBL beat the ever loving hell out of the blue meanie and just bloodied him up. And you could see it. And I like was specifically watching for it because of all the, you know, the dirt sheet and all the rumors that you've heard since then. And he did definitely just lay it in. Um, but yeah, it was pretty cool. You know, after like ECW guys kind of clear the ring of the WWE guys and, you know, Bischoff gets in there and they, you know, they get all, you know, they get, it was a, it was just a greatly booked show. It was a one-off, so it was all nostalgia. The ending was almost indie style, where it's just like big spots and everybody is happy and big smiles and everyone goes home happy. Um, so I rated that whole like ending segment at Battle Royal slash like hodgepodge. I rated that three stars, which would have been like a C plus to a B. I could, obviously it could have been better, but it was it was what it was. It hit me a moment nostalgia feels. What did you think about the closer for this uh, ECW's one night stand? Yeah, I agree with pretty much everything you said there. It was mainly about the myth, not the myth, but the uh, the the whole underground story of JBL beating Blue Meanie and blindsiding him and being a bully there, and you see it there, and it, it just makes you not like JBL personally. Honestly, um, in my opinion, it, it just uh, that's like I don't I just don't like people like that. And you can really see it there and the type of guy he is and taking advantage of something. And, and then what he blames it on now is BS. And I don't mean to blame all to bring up that and talk about that because that's not what this is about. But come on, it's just you see it. And that's what this whole thing was about. Now that we know that's all I was paying attention to, you know, is awesome to see austin come out and like you said you kind of hit up on the point so i'm not gonna harp on it all you pretty much said everything i wanted to say and also i think you said this it could have been better i gave it a c 
so pretty much along the same uh, lines as you as uh, uh, on my rating. So I think for me at least, um, I, I I surprisingly I can't believe that you gave that Sean British Bulldog match so low of a rating. And I honestly don't want to talk to, don't want to talk about it, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I yeah let's I, I give it to ECW I give it to yeah, ECW. Yeah, man, and I feel like so after G- after the past two shows on this bonus episode that is all nostalgia, we are going to give the nod to the ECW show 2005's One Night Stand, handedly handedly defeated 1997's WWF One Night Only. Um, but yeah, you know what? That's gonna that's gonna go ahead and, and wrap up this episode, this bonus episode of an all nostalgia show. But you know what? Next week we're gonna be back at it again with episode 11, the official episode, uh, which is going to be. I'm just gonna go ahead and run down. We did have to make some slight tweaks in the schedule since the WWE has announced that they're actually gonna put uh, the Evolve's 10th anniversary show on the network. I know it's gonna be a hot button issue, so we shuffled some things around. Uh, to, to, to give you guys all the content that, that you guys are expecting from us. So, uh, you know, today is 7-Eleven. Please go get a Slurpee like the, like the KG cast just uh, instructed you to do. Uh, yeah, it's been a great time. Thank you guys for joining us. But on the 18th, on July the 18th, we will be giving you a current product direct, direct comparison that has never happened before. And it's going to be WWE's 2019 Extreme Rules versus AEW's Fight for the Fallen. I'm really pumped for that show. Uh, again, we haven't done two you know, current product shows head-to-head. I am so grateful for AEW coming along right when we decided to start this podcast because I feel like we are going to have a never-ending stream of these shows coming up. I'm super pumped. Uh, once the war starts, too, we might even actually start watching Raw again. Who knows? And then start have to get back in that vein and, and jump back on the, the old wagon. But... But yeah, so the uh, the 18th, we'll be bringing you the Extreme Rules versus Fight for the Fallen, and then we will be covering that Evolve show the week after on the 25th, and we're going to be throwing that back to the old school days, back to our heyday, back to how we started this show with those 1999 shows. It's going to be Evolve's 10th anniversary, 2019, Evolve 131 versus 1999's WCW Bash at the Beach. Um, it's an iconic show. Um, it's going to be a good one to, to cover. And then the very first show of August is when we're going to bring you that other nostalgia show, which would be another bonus. Uh, it's going to be 1999's WWF Fully Loaded versus 1989. Throwing it all the way back to the 80s. 1989, yes. Great American Bash. Everybody's running hype on that uh, Stranger Things hype right now i'm loving the show i know everybody else is too but feeling that 80s nostalgia we're gonna throw it back to 1989 here and cover uh that great american bash and then after that maybe maybe just maybe i know we teased it a little bit on the last episode maybe we will do a nintendo versus xbox show we've got a little bit of downtime before there's a special from uh, either one of the big companies um so let us know what you guys think what should we cover what did you guys love what games did you love what, you know, growing up, what do you, what would you like to hear us talk about in the Nintendo versus Xbox episode that is going to be delivered to you on August the 8th? Uh, but yeah, man, I mean, that's a, that's a good string of the next four shows that's going to be yeah. just hit after hit. I loved this show. I had a really good time covering both of these pay-per-views. Man, it handedly goes to ECW from both sides. Cass, what did you think about this show? What do you think about the schedule coming up, man? I loved this show. This is uh, this was a fun one. 
I was when I saw that ECW pay-per-view. So it was great to go back and watch it. And that's the fun thing about this show. And I encourage everyone to go back and watch these shows with us so you can listen to our thoughts and compare your thoughts as well. Yeah, And I can't wait for the schedule to come. And I, again, I encourage you to listen to what this schedule is and go and listen and go and watch these shows. You got the WWE Network. You can watch AEW. You know, some of the times you'll have to, uh, if you don't have the WWE Network, uh, you probably don't need to listen. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's going to be great. Right now, I'm loving it. I'm loving doing these bonus shows, comparing old stuff and I just encourage everyone to do it with us because honestly, it's fun talking about it. It's fun discussing it, but the best part is watching the old shows and getting to feel like a kid again. So I can't wait for the next stuff. ECW wins today. I'm gone. I'm out. I'm going to bed. Let's go. Let's hit it. Yeah, dude. As always, thank you guys so much for joining us. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. We're always putting up new content for you guys at K-A-Y-F-A-B-E-C-O-M, K-Fabe-Com. My name is Daniel John Schaefer. As always with the KD Cast Lush. This has been another bonus episode. We will see you guys next Thursday. We're out. Peace. Peace.